Action Park Media. Welcome to a, another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. And I'm Kevin Connolly in the booth. And I'm back! Victory! Kevin Dillon is back. And in honor of your return, you know what I think? Here we go. Oh. oh. Irish crickets. crickets, but oh, with the, white claws. Yeah, I gotta spicy. say, I can't do it, bro. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm too manly. It's just not a Kevin Dillon <laughs> I mean, drink. Look how macho I am. A Come blackberry on. white claws just not gonna cut <laughs> I mean, it. Maybe Charlie would do that. But now that I'm back, there's a man in the booth. Finally, you guys have a man in the booth. <laughs> and you know what, KD? Um, I know you've been out of pocket a while. I can't imagine you listen to back episodes, but I have listened to one episode the whole time. So you guys, if I hear you've been t- throwing me under the bus, I'm gonna come after you. you guys. Check it out. You know. It's a little weird. What we one thing we did do, we kind of speed up your voice so you sound a little ladylike. It's like it makes Connolly more manly. It gets a deeper voice. Anything to make Connolly more manly. Uh, not very hard to do that. I got to tell you though, I I, um, I missed you, and uh, oh, I did. Duh. I did. Yeah, How we missed you, Kev. Of course. How was it? Kevin Dillon went to Jackson, Mississippi, to shoot a movie with Frank Grillo called A Day to Die. Yes. Why are we not mentioning that? And Bruce Willis, my favorite actors uh, in the Bruce. world, is also in it. I love Frank, but Bruce, super Willis. nice guy, great Bruce guy, Willis. and Frank too. I love both of those yeah. guys. Really so you good. had fun. Yeah, a lot and of my work. boy Leon too. You know, Leon Robinson, nice. My, my good buddy wants to come on the show. Great. Let's get him. And uh, they all want to come on. All right. Well, let's get them all. I don't know about Bruce. I was about to say let's that. start with Bruce, but let's get them all. But a lot of work, right? Dude, it was tough. Yeah, I was I was the lead. I was, uh, you know. You're the, the number lead one guy. in an action movie. Were you number one on the call sheet? I was not. I was number two. Bruce was number one on the call sheet. Wow. But I worked a lot more than Bruce did. Of course he, he did. Yeah, he put in two days. Right. You as the action lead gets me very excited. I can't wait to see this. And yeah. I watched, did anyone watch Bob Odenkirk's movie as an action lead uh, called Nobody? I mean, Odenkirk's unbelievable as a kind of Liam. Who's that, action bro? Star. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Better call Saul. And and, and he was on Entourage. Way, he was Ken Austin on Entourage. But he, I mean, it just goes to show that guy can just do anything, period, yeah. end of story. He's and, and do we think Kevin Dillon can do anything? Of course. <laughs> He's of course. I mean, he can't, tr- he can't take a sip out of his <laughs> oh, white, white claw. claw. One sip out of the white claw, the guy's <laughs> spitting all over his guy's shirt. Guy's tolerance is clearly <laughs> down. He's dribbling. I'm not used to holding such a feminine drink. I mean, look at it. It's all skinny and long. <laughs> Ew, like dude. beer. You're gross. Uh, you are gross. Thing. And by the way, today we will be covering Season 3, Episode 2, One Day in the Valley, a fan favorite for sure. Great episode. I have to tell you, I watched this episode. I really don't mean to do this. Kevin Connolly is phenomenal. We all know that. It goes without saying. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Dude. <laughs> right, wait, this guy's buzzed already. Somebody order him a Chinese chicken salad from Joe's. coffee. What are you talking but about? But I need man? to say this. That episode, and I really did watch it as if I have nothing to do with it, is an Emmy-winning episode for Kevin Dillon. I don't care what anyone on earth says. You steal every second of every scene. Well... Well, <laughs> within reason, within reason, as stealing, far as the stealing comedy. Stealing one of my improv lines right somebody's now. Somebody's got to uh, carry the torch, get us through the episode. I'm definitely going to do fan questions on this one. Okay. And someone did ask how much of that episode was improvised. and Not much? Not much. Well, why that episode? More? Well, I posted, I know you don't look at our Instagram account, but I posted any questions on this particular episode since that's what we're talking about. But uh, there were, I didn't find a lot of questions. People just kept saying, favorite yeah. episode, love it, this and that. But one of the questions was, was there a lot of improv on that episode? So yeah, I can't remember no. any. 
I don't remember any. You know, the one thing, too, for people that don't live in California that you have to understand, I'm glad everybody loved it as much as they did, but it's a little inside baseball. The on the, the ongoing joke about L.A. is once you go over the hill into the valley that it you're somehow— crazy hot. It gets super, super hot from, like— And it's true. June, yeah, July. That is August. not an exaggeration No, at all. but there's, like, a stigma about the valley, and it's, like, hot, and there's everything wrong with it. There are great places in the valley. There are great places in the valley, but reality is I can drive— in less than eight minutes, and it can go up 12 to 15 degrees. Can I just say something about uh, the improv? I'm going to go back a little bit because that's all right. This movie I just did, not, I didn't say probably a single line that was in the script. So, I mean, really? I just, yeah, it was it was pretty much all improv. And how did you like doing that? I love it too. I mean, that's good too. I, I, most of it I kind of pre planned a little bit when, and talked it through with the other actors, but. But it you were just making that. it, it your needed own. That. You were making it your we, own. We had to make it our own. Right. Yeah. Because it, it was... Should have needed brought, it. Should have brought me in. So for I'm just a saying. Oh man, it would have been great if we could have you. You guys would still be sitting there. That's, that's for this what I'm guy saying. It's a real pleasure to read your dialogue compared to others. Yours didn't need it. Thank you. And real and, and, pleasure. And this script, <laughs> every script went through my typewriter. But Mark Abrams and Michael Benson, Rob Weiss, and Ali Musica had a big hand in this episode. And uh, when watching it, we're going to get into the episode in a minute. I just want to finish up on other things, including that this week we are airing. I think. Excellent little videos on an app called Ficto. Everyone, please download that app and check it out. We're animating Kevin Dillon and Kevin Connolly <laughs> and myself, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out. Doug's got great hair. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my animated hair is really uh, something to behold. So and I- also, <laughs> we will announce a film festival winner on May fifteenth or whatever episode is closest to that. We're gonna, we're gonna have you guys it. have you guys seen them yet? Or I've seen them. Uh, we're waiting. Doug? Connolly, just so the audience knows, you've heard it a little bit on the show. He's a scary guy, and when he doesn't want to hear oh, what oh, you're, yeah, look at him. When you, I don't mean like that physically thing. scary, because <laughs> obviously we all know that's not a real thing. But I mean, he he like show us I, under that hat. What do you got? I, <laughs> by the way, can I tell you something weird? I looked at a video of one of the earlier podcasts. It's only eight months ago. My hair was fucking amazing so covid really (laughs) took its toll on me or i hit 53 and all bets are off and but anyway back to what i was saying the film festival some people thought it kind of vanished because Connolly, he's a real stickler with films so he wanted to wait for dylan to get back but he's kind of been quiet about it and when i asked him like what's up with the film festival he gives me one of those it's under fucking control. Fucking leave me alone. And and I kind of like go, all right, I'll be, I'll be quiet. I have, I am taking copious notes and every film will is, is I'm like in the home stretch of watching them. And then we're going to narrow it down to 10 and more. You, the three of us are going to sit together and we will. So is there a date for the final one? Well, whatever. I'm not looking at a calendar right now, but whatever is the closest to May 15th, whatever that airs, right. we will announce them. All right. So that's good. And then just in filmmaking award season, did anyone watch the Academy Awards? No. I mean, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. My whole childhood, I dreamt of winning an Emmy, winning an Academy Award, but I've never liked those events, mm-hmm. but they're getting worse by the second. And I know there's a pandemic, but they just, it really does. In this day and age, right this second, it feels so self-congratulatory and nauseating. Mm-hmm. It's so the down. lowest rated. It's the first time ever that less than 10 million people watch these. Oh, I didn't even see those yeah, ratings. I saw so. that. Yeah. So it's not, not good, Sadly, but... I haven't seen most of the, uh, most of the movies, but I did see yeah. a nobody with Bob Odenkirk, who... You should see from uh, Breaking Bad and from Entourage, yeah. Kevin Dillon. But he's Larry Sanders. He was the original inspiration for Ari Gold because he was the agent in well, the Larry Sanders he, he show. He used to write for SNL. He's a genius. I mean, and he Odenkirk's also had a genius. You know, his own shows. I mean, the guy's 
off the charts. All right, so I think that covers all business. Again, everybody, please download the Ficto app, follow us on the Victory page, and let's get into, after the break, One Day in the Valley. Welcome back, Victory the Podcast. We're talking Season 3, Episode 2, One Day in the Valley, which is many, many people's favorite episode of the show, and one of my favorites as well. And I just wanted to give a little start, which I don't know if Kevin Connolly even remembers this, but it's how I remember the inspiration for this episode was, I believe you told me you were with Tobey Maguire when the Spider-Man numbers came in, and it was... Is that true? Or that is I'm, not true. Okay. I mean, Toby's one of my best friends, so I was in the know. I wasn't sitting next to him like when the phone rang, but we, yeah. It, so that's a bold face lie, Doug. <laughs> you know, figuratively it's, speaking, yeah, we were we were together. Yeah. What I remember is something about him driving in the no, desert I, of no, Las I, Vegas and getting the call. That no, did not happen. That's that's uh, that's a Rashomon moment on uh, your part. Jesus. That never happened. Toby in the desert. I mean. No. I feel like I re- go to the desert. All right, well, anyway, what I remember, which is sad because and I, I'm not disputing you. I remember feeling that you told me something. Him and some of his boys were on their way to Vegas in the middle of nowhere. And the phone rings and they tell him that he's got the number one movie of all time. And I remember going, that's something that is wish fulfillment on a level that every one of us would dream about, even if we're not in the film business, that you're with your best friends and you get that I, I No, I think the, the story that, that I remember about Toby was as the numbers were rolling in, they the studio had gathered Toby and Sam Raimi and Kirsten Dunst together like in a house and basically said, hey, we, we just broke the mm-hmm. record, like told wow. them. And it was like apparently like, a, you know, a great celebration. But we were mm-hmm. I was not physically there. All right. Well, somehow I thought it would be more interesting if Vince Toby was, with was his in best the desert. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience with a movie that just became huge box office? Or- I remember when, you know, obviously Leo who was already, you know, Leo had already done Romeo and Juliet, right? He was already a big star, but when Titanic happened, oh. it was just absolutely bananas, yeah. truly. Yeah. And funny, we actually did do a drive-by of a Titanic screening at the movie theater that we shot this episode. In. That's that awesome. one in the va- in Sherman wow. Oaks. Wow. I remember when Platoon came out and the lines were around the block. And I was like, wow. It's nice to drive, right? This is crazy. I went opening like a a huge mad dash for everyone. Everyone was trying to get into the theater. And it wasn't in enough theaters in the beginning. Right. It was like an indie. Slow release. To bring it back to obviously Entourage, when the movie opened Wednesday morning, I have the headline. I mean, online variety is like Entourage explodes or something like that. Yeah. And then, sort of like the rolling blackouts, it just went down down the hill from there. But in Australia, we were the number one. I love you guys in Australia. We were the number one movie for two weekends. Uh, we didn't get to enjoy over, them. Over Jurassic Park, by the way, too. Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't Jurassic Park? You know what? It was like that. four or something, maybe, or something. Yeah, yeah not the first one. Yeah. <laughs> How fucking old are you, Dylan? <laughs> I watched it last night, actually. Jurassic great Park. Movie. One. Great movie. What a great movie. Yeah. Every scene. Yeah. We do have a strong following in Australia, and it's crazy, Doug. You are already like a kind of like a, you're like an honorary Australian. I, you know what? I and let me tell you something. You, when you go to Sydney or when you are going to love it. It is fucking amazing. You're going to so, eat some shrimps on the barbie. It's, it's just a great, it's just a great place. It's just far. Oh, it's awesome. So I, I grew it. up on the Paul Hogan show before Crocodile Dundee, and I've always had this thing with Australia. Then my brother lived in Australia for two years. I have been trying to get there for 40 years, and right before the pandemic, I had a plan. I was going to go to the Australian Open, see Sam Querrey play in the Australian Tennis Open, and, and everything happened, and I didn't get there. But I am getting there, and by the way, just a little note. They want us to come over and do podcasts it's like live in Australia, like a theater. Fun, Let's yeah. do it. 
That'd be fun. You guys would be up for that, huh? Live theater. Oh, have you guys definitely. ever? I don't even know if either of you have ever done a theater. I have. Yeah. Play? Have you done a play? Yeah. I played Petruchio in The Taming of the Shrew. This is the best thing <laughs> you know, I've ever heard. In Mamarinick, Mamarinick, New York. We did three nights. That's what broke him. <laughs> That's what got me into it. It really did. Wow. That, that, that I, changed my life. I did not know that, but I love it. And it sounds like a drama line. Like, <laughs> it really right. does. You know, but <laughs> I would love to, I would kill to see Kevin Dillon doing Shakespeare. That would be... Yeah. Have you ever done any other Shakespeare? At 15 years old. No, that's it. And when you did Shakespeare They were like, <laughs> that's, that'll be just fine. Yeah, you're more <laughs> of a, you you're more of a yeah. TV guy. I, I got enough Shakespeare for my, the rest of my life. <laughs> what is that from uh, Rodney Dangerfield from uh, Back to School? What is that? Like to tame your shrew. Yeah, like to tame your shrew. <laughs> uh, so, teachers, I love you, teachers. Uh, you do something wrong, they make you do it over again. Yeah, can you help me with my Longfellow? <laughs> yeah, maybe help me straighten no, out no, my sorry. Longfellow. Brush up on my long straighten out my long fellow another movie that everybody should watch immediately and that is harold ramus who we've talked about on this podcast before who wrote stripes groundhog day uh, ghostbusters and he also did a back to school which is diane meet my nieces (laughs) (laughs) say hello to bubbles bubbles you don't son you don't lie to me you lie to girls which we can't say that anymore you lie to to girls they'd have to cut that out of the show now all right so back to the episode here that we're here to talk about one One day day in the So my inspiration was somehow the Spider-Man thing. And again, watching this from second one, we got the opening scene with Ari and E, which is always a nice moment where they fuck with each other. And (laughs) and Ari is like acting like a trained boxer who's got a heavyweight championship fight and he can't have sex with his wife. That was fun. Opening night. Opening night. Yeah. Game day, honey. Game day, right? (laughs) Was it something like that? Yeah. I mean, Piven and Perry are just awesome in that scene. And and Connolly plays sleepy. doesn't want to be bothered. He does that on the podcast well also so it's great <laughs> that kitchen scene is one of my favorite scenes which one dylan is drama whatever we want to call him at this yeah. point is making breakfast for vince because he knows how stressed he's supposed to be for the opening of the oh movie. you're stressed you yeah. just don't know you're stressed <laughs> <laughs> and and adrian or vince whoever the fuck he is he's not stressed at all now no. <laughs> just an aside from you guys i know when the entourage movie came out i know when a little film called kissing a fool came out it's, oh no it's mind-bogglingly stressed Stressful. But also, too, the numbers do track. And yeah. for people for people that aren't in the business, there is some way. I don't even really understand how they do it. But a few days before the movie, you can start to... Right, Doug? There's like a thing. It's a tracking system. You have an idea. And it could be wrong. Yeah. But... Which it was on the Entourage movie. No, didn't they? Didn't we know that we might have been in trouble there, I box office wise? Thought we were thought we were in good shape, but uh, I don't know. Maybe Whatever. they lied there to is me. A tracking People are scared system. to tell me the truth. First of all, I, we weren't really in trouble. We made money. The movie right. made money. We, I mean, we were hoping for a lot more. Nah, that, the, the thing that people don't realize about the Entourage movie is that we made it at a very, very, very reasonable price. Yeah. It was by no means like some high budget movie. It was a. It was a. Now, was still, a with that moderate. being with that being said, we overpaid Connolly, but I mean. We, we, we made it at well, a... That's ra- what happens when you're number one on the call sheet. <laughs> you know what? If the tragedy of the Entourage movie is... Because I didn't want to make a movie. You guys know that. I wanted to do another season. But that movie... If it was 2021 and was on HBO Max, it would have been wildly successful for them. And we wouldn't oh, have yeah. dealt with... Would have been a better HBO Max. Yeah. We well, they, they opened us with so many big 
blockbuster movies. Yeah. Jurassic I, Park being one of them was the San Andreas, wasn't it? Well, it's it called counter-programming also, right? So for people Mad out Max, there. Mad Max, another one. For, I mean, pe- just, for people out there, what they'll do is if, if, if there's a big, you know, there's people that are going to go see Jurassic Park, right? And then there's people that are going, I'm not going to see Jurassic Park. So if you split it, right, and it's called counter-programming, the idea is everybody that doesn't go to see Jurassic Park, We'll go see San Andreas <laughs> or not, Mad Max. Not the entourage. And not movie. entourage. You no, know but what that's mean? what they do. A lot of times they'll do a movie knowing that it'll do business opposite a big blockbuster. Like I'm not going mm. to see that. Me and the guys are going to sneak out and go see whatever. Yeah. Listen, the bottom line is the movie did not perform the way everyone would have liked to. Expectations. It didn't as perform we, as well as Aquaman, as we set up in the show. But our exit polls, which you can Google them, were the highest of the weekend. Which means people walked out of the theater. They said, "What did you think of the?" movie we got an a minus which was higher than everything else and then variety or one of these assholes had the balls to say entourage was the highest exit poll of the weekend but that might have been skewered because entourage fans went to see the movie which is the dumbest thing on earth well who the fuck do you think went to see the movie the entourage fans went to and if they liked it that's all that mattered. The, so the point yeah. is that leading up to the opening of any movie is a very, very, very big deal. So yeah, I mean, uh, Ari, everybody is stressed out except for Vince. But also, Ari had lost his business, so he's working in this small little office. Right. Everything is on the line. He put his wife's family trust money up into this office, and so everything's on the line. So there is a lot of stress. But the stress for Johnny Drama. Is the heat in the valley. I mean, that's what (laughs) you're focused on. It's like an ongoing gag here in Los Angeles still to this day. It literally is 10, 12, sometimes 15 degrees hotter than this side of the hill. And maybe 20 degrees hotter than Malibu. Oh, no doubt. But it's a little weird. Connolly, I don't know if Connolly has some gig to be a spokesman for the San Fernando Valley. I lived in the valley for many years. I don't not like the valley, but it is hot. It's hot. Drama's points are, are well taken. Like, why go? No there? doubt, but he's a little over the top. I mean, <laughs> he's in an air conditioned car sweating. Go, look the Maserati is out the Maserati, there. Maserati, right? In the Maserati. <laughs> I mean, but it was so funny. So, in that opening scene, though, which also is to me just shows who these guys are. These are kids who came from nothing. This is wish fulfillment. And what people do, which we know Conley does it to me all the time. He used to do it to me when I'd hand in a script. You set those expectations, which Ari says, whatever they say you're expected to do, if you do better than, Great. If you do less than, you're fucked. But Turtle then decides to go, why don't we just go beat Spider-Man? And he knows the number to the dollar. And I yeah. just think it's a very funny moment. That between Turtle these would know how yes. much money yeah, Spider-Man that, that made. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. And that he would stress him out. And then you would see all the guys kind of get into it. And then Ari's like, E, are you a fucking moron? This is not what you do to the guy. You don't set him up for failure because right. that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to stroke you the stars. You manage your client's expectations. Yeah. You, you didn't do that. I didn't, didn't do that. that. But one of the things that I was laughing about that was funny because I've done this, and uh, I believe it was last. We had a what certain one point it was a super hot stretch, and we were driving in the car, and you can actually see the temperature oh, you going see it all up. The time. And you and and we would do that. July and I in the car, were like one oh four, one oh five, and like the higher I do it, it every got. day. I go from the valley and you can Malibu because right. it's a twenty five to thirty degree difference. It is such a fun scene that little scene in the car because they're really fucking with drama. Like they're not going to normally drive down to the valley and be excited about the temperature, but they know how they're torturing this guy who's got an ice chest. Like, you brought a cooler <laughs> yeah, to stay yeah. hydrated and are claiming you're going to have to piss in the, the bottles because, like, as if you're going to be in uh, survivor like, don't mode. don't you dare pull your cock out of my car. 
<laughs> I can't remember the line, but it, it's because I forgot my notes. I wrote, took notes down, and left That's them shocking. Home. You only had seven weeks to <laughs> prepare. Which, those which one? Which way? Well, well, I'm like, you know my uh, my motto. I don't go to the valley except from this month to this month. And then only sushi rug. <laughs> yeah. Right. I only so go to the I can't valley remember two months from, from September to May. Something like unless that. Unless it's a sushi rug. Sushi rug. <laughs> Great line. And you with the you with the fucking ice chest and filling it up. And even when we were writing that, we're like, okay, are we going too broad here? And what a guy like Kevin Dillon does is you make every moment feel actually real. And you've created that character to the point where I don't think anybody is going, this is goofy. Everybody's going, this guy is dead serious. And <laughs> and he's creating yeah. in his own body temperature. You're rising it by being so neurotic about yes. it, you know? Yes. And at one stage, I'm like, dude, any hour now, I think my kidneys might just <laughs> shut down. I mean, he's taking it so seriously. Yeah, so it's great. These guys prepare like they're going on some excursion when they're driving 10 minutes into Sherman Oaks. But they're getting ready to see how this movie is doing. And we're going to find out. And we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, Victory the Podcast. We're talking Season 3, Episode 2, One Day in the Valley, where Johnny Drama is sweating like Patrick Ewing. And honestly, Kevin Dillon is in here right now sweating like that. What's going I'm on? sweating like Fat Elvis. It's <laughs> hot in here, by it's the way. Toasty. This booth, it gets a little steamy in here. I mean, you can't have the AC on for sound reasons, right? Uh, I think it's more for Action Park Media budgetary concerns. But we like to <laughs> we, we, save a buck or two. <laughs> huh? I mean, we're environmentally friendly here at Action Park. Oh, is that this what it is? A, trying to get Adrian Trying in to get here, Adrian huh? on board. we got to do anything, so we got to sweat a little bit. We're on the way to the theater now. Ari, which I love, and uh, is on his way to Lloyd. I think it's such a great scene. Rex has bought him this little Mongolian statue for good luck. And how about that line? Why are you sitting like, like why that? Why are you sitting like that, Lloyd? What do you got a butt plug up there or something? <laughs> <laughs> the God. lines are crazy. What a vulgar show! Did you write that? I don't want to throw Mark Abrams under the bus. He might have written that line. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, you know, again, as we spoke to Rex and Jeremy together while you were gone about those scenes. You know, they were... Uh, no, they, I, I, I was they, here with, with all those guys. Well, whatever. No, you weren't memorable, I guess, in that episode. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, but but Rex and Jeremy really had a connection with each other and an ability to understand mm-hmm. that those scenes, while obnoxious and while that won't be tolerated in 2021, they loved each other and they were friends. So we'll move off of any uh, excuses for that because I, I <laughs> well, love uh, it. You it's know, a funny line. And Come also, on, too, comedy. You know, you know, talking to Rex, like Rex is... Serious actor. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, as long as it's on the page and it's part of the character and it yeah, makes yeah. sense, Rex was And cool. it's funny. And yeah. it's funny. Yeah. And, and we also set up that, that Ari's wife is calling because he's not having sex with her for an emergency session at the therapy, which I always get excited when we're going to do a therapy session. And So anyway, Perry and Piven killed it with Nora Dunn as the therapist, who was a great actor from Saturday Night Live days. It sets us on the motion. And then we get to the theater. And again, it's every person's dream who's ever come out to Hollywood to pull up to your own movie at the theater. And and see a line. And I, yeah. watching this episode last night, really got the feeling as if I have nothing to do with this show, just like excited for you guys that you yeah. pull up to this and, and everybody serves their purpose. Turtles got seats reserved because he got, you know, made a deal with someone at the yeah. theater. He's managing his expectations. Drama is in his own world of it's heat. hot, bro. It's hot. <laughs> Vince hey, is have you ever done that? Moment. Have you ever sat in on uh, one of your movies to like, see the crowd reaction, that kind of thing? It's pretty cool. I Many times. I have not. I have. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. 
like that. Sometimes, yeah. Well, you, that's right. You don't like watching you. You know, Pivot and I. I mean, if I was you, I'd probably feel that way. I wouldn't <laughs> want to see me. You, you understand how. I'm, how I feel. <laughs> you know, Pivot and I went to the theater at uh, at the Grove to see this thing. I remember on that Wednesday remember night, that. and a, really, a it was packed, and you B, guys drive together. No, we did not drive together. Even though it wasn't a pandemic at that point, we did not drive together. I'm not sure I've ever been in a car alone with Jeremy ever. I don't think that's ever happened. Interesting. Uh, you anyway. don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm just kidding. Dude. The laughs were great. We had a great time. Yeah. I have pictures of that. We took pictures with the whole crowd, and it was uh, it was a really exciting moment. I didn't know the next day was going to be one of the worst days of my life, but that was a great. Um, in the show, though, you guys pull up, and unlike. A year earlier where uh, everyone's lined up for the Pixar Squirrel movie and Jay Janoni is there, our friend yeah. and Wahlberg's friend who who was telling you guys uh, they're here to see the Squirrel movie. It was there for Aquaman and it looked like this movie was on on its way and it was it was just a great thing. So you go into the theater and uh, where do we go from there, boys? Well, that, that, that gets us into the rolling blackouts, which, by the way, you know, I, I obviously haven't seen the episode in a while, but I'm watching that sequence when we're in we're sitting in the theater drama has got his a towel over his head <laughs> he's hot um and and there's the sequence from aquaman yeah, let's and, talk and about it, that let's sequence talk about that. i mean now you gotta i yeah. wasn't there we obviously dylan and i weren't there so man i mean it just was that's like some big budget shit it's really well yeah. done so yeah. everyone can understand how those things went down i had a lot of great directors but two of them julian farino and mark mylad were these guys that i trusted so much i said julian go whatever the budget was go make this thing as awesome and as big as you can so i have zero to do with the conception of that di- yeah. idea or the filming of it. And when I saw it, which was the same way I felt last night, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. I mean, it's got to feel like James Cameron. Yeah. This I mean, thing, oh, right? Adrian looks like a cool, giant, a movie cool star. Aquaman. Yeah. He yeah. does. Yeah. And running to that thing. I really, I down mean, the I love down the, the, down Santa the Monica Did, So you guys yeah. shut down the Santa Monica, obviously we right? shut down the I Santa mean, there Monica was hundreds of extras. There was a helicopter. This is pre drone. Those were helicopters. Yeah. That was like, that was massive. And the little, touches that again julian who's not even a writer put in when the little girl's like i dropped my monkey i mean i really was like feeling worried for everybody and like are they gonna make this it was it was it was awesome and yeah but i wasn't expecting it to cut. i don't remember it cutting out like that he <laughs> grenier goes vince goes, goes into diving his, into, into his <laughs> dive and then it cuts to black and even watching it this morning i was like what the fuck <laughs> I thought yeah. that was an HBO Max glitch. Yeah. I thought that was a glitch in HBO Max. And then it cuts, and then we get into the rolling blackout. But, but wait, before The best that, line of the whole show. But the guy was getting up to walk away. Correct, it's my favorite line before of the that, show. Before that, and so was like, hey, you want to you sit down, bro? You're missing the best part. The guy's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, sit down. Right. <laughs> I tell him to sit down. I got this crazy look on my face with a towel over my head. Draped over your head. And you know what else is <laughs> funny? I just sits down. He was a big dude, too. Yeah, yeah, well, I was watching the episode, and I'm like looking at myself, and I can see of my course you were. rookie <laughs> acting skills. Yeah, I am, everyone I am, saw You're I, breaking. You're I, breaking. I, I, I bra- I'm breaking yeah. because it's so funny. And like normally, you well, know, you, I guess. You're starting to crack up a little I, bit. I, like as normally E, like <laughs> theoretically. E, the fucking snooze fest would be like, drama, don't talk to the guy. Like, if I were in character, I would have, like, rolled my eyes. I, I, was, I just know myself, and I know when I'm laughing, and I literally just have a fucking big shit eating grin on my that. face because Dylan's like, sit down. Just stare at By the way, though, stone face. <laughs> yeah. that moment, whether you meant it, whether we planned it, it's so freaking good because it is these best friends who are looking out for each other, and they're worried. The movie stops. 
And then Jerry, which is one of my favorite lines, also was like, don't give these people their money back. Give them some popcorn and stuff because he's thinking about the <laughs> box office. Right, that's going to hurt the box office. And what is Dylan thinking about? What is drama thinking about? He's like, it's not just the movie that went out. Remember, the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> the central AC is down. And it's literally like it's written almost like Abyss, a Cameron movie, like a sci-fi movie where Dylan is like, oh, no, 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 there's big problems now. It's not just the budget of the movie. We're fucked. So... I love it. But what is what is a rolling blackout? Okay, so what goes on in California all the time, and apparently Texas recently, when there's too much power going on, they black out certain areas for a little time so that to they save can try some to energy. conserve it. Yeah. Right, so if energy. everybody's cranking their AC, it'll it'll trip the, the power. The whole grid c- goes down, right? Yeah, That's- and just like a behind the scenes of the writing of this, when watching this episode, it does look so simple. But the hours that we spent on, okay, how are we really gonna? How are we really gonna put obstacles up to this movie going? They know in the morning if you have a number one movie, right. it doesn't change that easily. Even though it sort of did on the Entourage movie. Well, it can swing a little bit, but by by that Friday morning, by noon on Friday, especially in LA, you know you yeah. got an idea. You got a real rolling. good idea. Right. So we wanted to do it really realistically, and we wanted to find a way. So we spent so much time coming up with a plan, which seems so. Something now. that could that could hurt the like a weird random yeah. thing that could stop it because things have happened blizzards mm-hmm. and things like that right. they yeah. do affect the movie so this was our our conceit and I think it worked and then that was great right. yeah, so out in the, sitting in the writing room and somebody goes what about rolling blackouts and it's kind of a quiet <laughs> silence over the room like what and then yeah, you start thinking I mean bad. is that how it goes I mean I don't remember what what I do remember about it this pretty bold choice yeah this yeah. was an episode that that caused some problems in the writers room because I was obsessed with the minutia of the details of how it would work. And then we come up with all these ideas and then a first script comes in and then I woke up and I came in in the morning. I go, this doesn't work. We're throwing it in the garbage. I'm not kidding. The entire script, thrown it in the garbage. <laughs> and one of the writers said to me, uh, who had some TV experience more than me probably even at the time, I said, no, 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 that's not how it works in TV. We got to move forward. I said, not here. We don't. We're not moving forward till I think this is perfect. Now, whether it became that or not, we literally threw out the entire script and started from scratch with a lot of the same ideas in it. But uh, that's what. But I also know. too, wow. you know. But but again, for where we were always lucky as actors on Entourage is. What Doug's talking about is months before. This is six yeah. months before we are going to shoot because yeah, I remember yeah, you, guys you were know, writing. Yeah, we had we always had. Five, this was episode two. We always had five, six, seven. Yeah, sometimes it, eight it was scripts. the last towards the end of the season. You're getting them a couple of weeks in advance, right? Right, right. But there was always at minimum walking in a day one of shooting. Yeah. You had the first six scripts, so you at least kind of knew where you were sort of going. So when you threw that script out, the, you said page one rewrite, we weren't in, hey, what are we shooting tomorrow? Well, also, right? the good news for this script, it was almost a standalone. We knew the movie was going to be big, and we need to talk about that for a minute. I've talked about it a little before, but the plan was for Aquaman to be a bomb. And then I got a letter, which I have to find. How could you not know where this letter <laughs> is? <laughs> this is you great. have to find this letter. <laughs> James Cameron wrote a letter. Like a handwritten letter. Like a handwritten letter. Awesome, That's dude. the greatest thing ever. And I know I have it in pristine condition. I just have to find where. Wow. But he said, and he, it was so funny and it was so smart. And, and really, I mean this. I'm not kissing James Cameron's ass. This guy is a genius on a level. And I'm talking like inventing cameras and totally. as a technician and as a writer and everything. An explorer. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, he's got a great documentary I watched last night. The Whales on Disney Plus is fucking awesome. Wow. So, Him and Grenier. 
Yeah, I mean, Grenier. Grenier should have made that movie, maybe. But uh, by the way, are we not going to jump into this? I'm sorry. I, I, I We're going to get right back to One Day in the Valley. But Grenier came out and said, would he do the reboot? That doesn't exist, by the way. But would he do the reboot? And he said, how much are they going to pay me? So Did as I've that? said. <laughs> Did you see that, Dylan? Yeah, I saw it. When the check comes, Grenier will be here. Yes. He's not here for the podcast because no one's paying him. But <laughs> what I'll say to you. Adrian, you're missing the boat because uh, Kevin Dillon got his first uh, podcast payment from Action Park Media for 179 bucks. Okay, and he, you feel good about that, right? It's 179 like, bucks is better than nothing. Yeah. Gas money for Malibu. Exactly. exactly. So, but anyway, By the way, I'm going to start giving you receipts for my gas money. So, but anyway, Adrian will be in if a reboot ever happens, and we'll be back talking more about One Day in the Valley in, in a second. All right, welcome back. Victory the Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3, One Day in the Valley. So now the guys just had a blackout at the theater, and now they're walking out of the theater as Irish cricket. Cricket. So sorry, man. They're walking. It wasn't that quiet. <laughs> they're walking out of the theater, which, you know, as I said, if you went to a movie theater, Titanic, and Leo and his boys were coming out, can you imagine the mayhem? And I leave it to Julian for this scene, for Reno, who directed it. It feels like a hard day's night to me, like yeah, the yeah. Beatles like, coming out of there. It feels so real to me and yeah. so grounded and so like these guys really fucking made it. It yeah. just feels like that to yeah. me. So. Elvis being rushed out of the theater. And we, we acted like Secret Service guys, really. I mean, we and like then we whip the out in the way. Maserati. It was cool. You whipped up. But you, yeah. met, but you see right where his mind goes. Yeah, but he hears whip out. Don't and use the like, term whip out. Oh, I mean, it's just, but you met those guys as we walked out of the theater. And it was a great scene where you see Vince really doesn't even know these kids are like hey was that was that seahorse animatronic or what or cgi like, and, yeah, e, yeah. i'm like animatronic, <laughs> animatronic. <laughs> he doesn't know anything like, he has no idea it's, it's so just funny. a yeah. freaking movie and those are, that was good casting those kids are great those kids were great and again for everyone out there you don't have to debate it no i didn't steal almost famous but of course it was inspired by almost famous Paying homage. Yeah. And, and, and we wanted to do the, what feels like their that was a fake rock band. We wanted this to feel like it was a real movie star, even though yeah. it was a fake movie star. Yeah. So they get out and now, uh, but yeah, I mean, there was the great cutaway too, where um, drama's like, can we please go home where it's cool? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Drama. We'll go home. Cut to we're stuck in traffic. Okay. Bumper to bumper, not moving. Trivia question. Do you remember where we shot that? Uh, I don't. Okay. okay. So to, this is something that I remember, which is really cool. And again, this is big budget shit we were doing, right? Cause you ain't getting away with this in a, in, 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 in an indie scenario, but the roof of the oh, Pacific Design yes, Center, yes, which is a very large, uh, dare I say, ugly building in West Hollywood. Yeah. It's just like, you can't miss it. It's all these yeah. colors. They must have put, I don't know, man, a hundred cars. Yeah. And they put our car there. So we walked up. We were in a completely wow. controlled wow. environment. And while we're, it looks like we're sitting in traffic and surrounded by cars. I totally forgot about that. Right? Yeah. We were on it's the amazing. roof of the Pacific Design Center. Yeah. And our base camp was, was in below. the parking lot. Yeah, so it was easy was for them. They didn't have to. of uh, cake. And I'm like, yeah. I was looking today and I'm like trying to find a mistake and it's se it's seamless. It, it looks, looks like we so are in good. fucking drop dead traffic. And that was a fan yeah. question uh. about was there heat while we were shooting this episode? Was do you remember any times where you were no. really hot? <laughs> well, no. yes. It wasn't really hot, was yes, it? Yes, because we would be in the car We'd have the AC on, but once we started rolling, we had to turn the car off. Okay. So the, while we were actually 
rolling in those scenes, it doesn't take long to heat no, up. Am but I right? I, I'm sweating like fat Elvis, and you guys are all dry. <laughs> yeah, of course, I mean, I drama's that, freaking out. So, so how much? Of how much of that was Dylan's sweat, and how much was uh, us adding it? It's something called glycerin, bro. <laughs> it uh, makes you look like you're sweaty. Something. But yeah, I'm sure I had some of my own going as well. It's a movie trick, Doug. Something you would know <laughs> nothing about. But it, I, that, I remember us sitting on. I have a, a distinct memory because we joked around about it, and right when they say rolling. Boom! Car goes off. Yeah, yeah, and, and gets then hot quick. you know, by the, end of the, the roof. by the end of the take, it's like start the car, get the AC pumping. Yeah. But you still have that moment in the car, just story wise, which is so good and so again in the theme of wish fulfillment. Ari calls up. You had a blackout. He's starting to be ease. A little worried about what's happening. Well, because I already kind of teed up that it was going well, right? Yeah, yeah. But you you feel it's going even better. I mean, you, but there was a blackout, so right. you're a little concerned. And Ari is telling you that we are on track to be. We have Spider Man in our sights, yeah. right? What was yeah. the line? Spidey is in our sight. I said something about. Something about the blackout. He said, blackout? I haven't had a blackout since I ate four Quaaludes and fucked Chantel Lautenberg. <laughs> so let me go into a little detail about that line. A lot of times I would put my high school friends' names in the show. So the night before, there's another Irish cricket. I mean, Dylan <laughs> Dylan's is going to be... Dylan and I are going to be nice. At least I time mine out in between his dialogue. I mean, you do it right Wait, over the top. That's really Thank tough you. to do. See how I am? It's really tough to do, time it out between his dialogue. Kevin Dylan, it's, you know, it's so nice to have you back because, you know, last week, we had a fight about this because I told Kylie I'm a little bit like I try to conduct. I see someone talking and I, I try my best to wait. You know what he yeah. does? Yeah, he wait, he's doing this thing. I'm, I'm conducting. Well, but he's not looking. <laughs> but he's not looking at me. He's doing. He's this saying thing. I got something to say. So like, shut he's, up. He's, but but he's not even like. I'm not doing that though. He takes that. That's I'm his telling him. I'm telling him. Make. Let's do the eye contact. Like the. <laughs> let's make facial expressions. Don't. Don't not look at me and do this to me. You can't wave me People don't realize I'm the uh, calming force in this group here. (laughs) Who knew? But also, you know what it is, Dylan? Just like on set, you and I, we see each other. We know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. We communicate. We know. With eyes. Eye contact. Well, that's all I'm asking for. But let's get back. So I called my friend Chantel Now, did you go to... High school with Chantel Luttenberg from the neighborhood. You know her your whole life. I know her my whole life. Run in the same circle, the whole bit. Whole circle. She's in with with many of the other names that have come onto this show. We actually have Eric Kritzer, who knows Chantel, in the booth today. Eric Kritzer's like a regular. I love Kritzer's him. a regular. Well, <laughs> his he, episode is coming. Yeah, we got to bring Kritzer in as a big big time manager in this town. So anyway, Chantel, I call her up. I go, hey, here's the line. Do you want your name on it or not? She's like. Definitely. Wait a second. So you told her. You didn't say, hey, we're using your name. You read the line to her. Oh, I read the line to her. She loved it. So now difference after season three, we used to have big legal agreements, but I don't think HBO still didn't really give a shit about us. So nobody said I had to clear it. Nobody had said I didn't do anything. So I did it on my own. Well, there's a, I think there's a thing where there has to be a certain amount of names with that name. If that makes any uh, sense. Yeah, well, she needs to sign a, a thing that says it's okay, but... Right. I called her. She said it's okay. Anyway, when the episode aired, she called me the day after. She's dying. She's getting all these calls. She loves it. She loves it. She's happy about it. (laughs) Oh, beyond ecstatic about it. Five years later, the internet starts to really take off. Rear its ugly head. (laughs) And you can Google her because it comes up if you Google her name. So she starts telling me that 
she, she's, got, she's going on job. She's uh, going on job interviews, and this is the first thing that's coming up, and she doesn't like it. I and, don't know if we can hire the Chantal Luttenberg. She's a wild one. Yeah, she's and a I, wild think, one. I think oh what people God. thought, you know, what happens when you start to have a little success in Hollywood, people all of a sudden think you have some power. So she's like, listen, do me a favor. Just get that off the internet. I need you to remove this from you. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like, I'm good like, luck. How are you yeah. going to do that? I'm like, I, I don't think I can really control that, Chantal. But, uh, but anyway, we love Chantal, and the joke still just makes me laugh. Right. It just makes me laugh. So, so uh, hire her, please. She's yes. a good girl. Yes. Yeah, it is not girl. her fault. Do it's not, not blame Sean. And Lutenberg. by the way, just so we can understand the difference between reality and a scripted show, Ari Gold is not a real person. So he did never had sex with a real person named Chantel Lundberg. That didn't happen. Okay. It's all fake. All right. Let's get back to it. We decided to abandon our trip out of the valley. We're essentially because trapped. Just traffic. It's, it's just so too brutal. overwhelming. So we, we are trapped in the valley. Well, you find these kids who have been following you on their Vespa. I love, uh, I love a couple of lines that Dylan says there. One, which I don't even know if our young audience even understands, but Devo's following you remember that yeah, no? yeah, yeah yeah and devo is the devo band the that band. said whip it the, the band it of good. nerds yes. Yes. oh are they nerds <laughs> they, I they were kind of nerdy yeah. <laughs> apparently apparently doug thought so apparently yeah. doug well, he was a nerd too yeah, i was gonna say the apple oh, was a full no. form of the tray <laughs> that devo line was i'm i guarantee that was a mark abrams line do you remember sure. where we uh shot that anybody anyone that was in the valley for sure that was in glendale it was the Glendale Ducati. Yeah. I have a, yeah. such a great picture of you guys from that day, all of us on that Maserati. It's in the book. Yeah. I mean, I it's just I never that. got the book. I know. We talked yeah, about you, you didn't show up at, at the rap party. party. <laughs> <laughs> jinx, jinx. So Sorry, I, I work. Oh, I got a drink. <laughs> <laughs> jinx. So, but I mean, the 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 car really was, I, I just to bring that car up again, was so beautiful and it's so cool. And again, in that episode, you got these kids who it is a little bit almost famous, but they're following Vince around and they want him to On come a to a party. Yeah. Hey, wait, wait, before we get there, though, there was a funny bit when we're in there. And I'm like, we're talking about uh, bikes, right? Vince is going to buy everyone a bike. And I'm like, I'm a Harley guy, bro. You know me. Well, you also say you're not going to drive a rice rocket when it's an Italian bike, which is just funny. I mean, you're still in, like, drama has no fucking clue about anything. It's still a foreign job, nonetheless. (laughs) And you're you're right, too, by the way. Your character is right. Those are are dangerous bikes. I believe I said something about I had to hock my Harley to Michael Madsen. After a couple, after a couple of bleak pilot seasons, <laughs> and, and Vince says, "Well, we're going to go and make him an offer he can't refuse." And Drama goes, "You know, he's also got to watch him." On. He's got- <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I wanted to great dis- stuff, Doug. I want like, if stuff. you're going to go make an offer, yeah, hey, tell maybe him to throw get the that watch, watch back, back too. <laughs> get my Roly back. I also wanted to discuss that with you because Michael Madsen's obviously like one of my favorite actors. You know him, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. So Michael. when we're doing a scene like that and we're throwing a name in, and you're not really Kevin. Dylan, like, how how do you approach that? I always thought that. I always wondered that, too. When you're saying Chuck Sheen and Michael <laughs> Madsen, you, not that you grew up with those guys, but you kind of ran well, into the I, I, I know that he's got a sense of humor. He'd, he'd be cool with that. He it would depends on what you're saying, you know? Right. And that one was fine. You know, I had to sell. I was desperate. I had to sell some stuff. Right. All right. Well, now... Basically, the guys meet these nerds, and they're going to go to this high school party, and things are going to turn bad for the movie because these blackouts are going to really start to come to play, and we'll talk about that when we come back.
Welcome back, Victory the Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2, One Day in the Valley, which now uh, our rolling blackouts are starting to affect the world, and Ari is going into a meltdown. Honestly, I laughed out loud by myself at Ari walking into the office to Lloyd and taking the guy's poor little statue and just destroying it. But also, too, he walks up the stairs because the power's out, right? He has to walk up 11 flights, and if I'm not mistaken... According to one Jeremy Piven, that is the first time that he screams Lloyd. Yes or no? I can't answer that. That's what Piven said. When he's trapped in the stairwell and he's like banging on the door and he gets up to the 11th floor and he screams Lloyd. I know I, I know, it's in the script with three exclamation Piven, points. Piven said that when he was trapped in the stairwell. So that had to be the first time. And you time can really feel, we really shot that with Jeremy walking up and down the stairs and you could feel his exhaustion. Yeah, as he's 11 up there. flights yeah. is tough while you're rolling calls. Go 11 flights on, the, on, on, on an intense phone call and see how uh, winded yeah. you are. And it's time. a nice scene because he thinks like, like, everything's going well. They're at this silly party. And now Ari's basically telling him, we're totally fucked. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Spider-Man. We'll be lucky if we get to, like, I don't even remember what he says. But like, we lost Los Angeles, all of <laughs> Southern California or something. I right? just wonder if that really could ever be a real thing. A million yeah. trillion percent. Right. Like, not even a maybe if there was, God forbid. If there was a rolling blackout and California was, like, off the table in terms of box office sales, that could really hurt. Oh, yeah. that's a, a terrorist attack, a, a tornado, yeah. a storm. I mean, in whatever. the wrong place, right. it could definitely affect it. The weird thing now, though, is, as you know from The Irishman now, though, Netflix now releases a movie that cost $150 million, and they don't care that nobody's seen it. That's how the world has really changed. So I don't. I don't know how that box office thing is going to be going because forward. they know people are going to see it anyway. They're going to see it. Uh, yeah. They have so many subscribers. They're making so much money that it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't know. I can't explain the economics of it, but I know five years ago, if the Irishman came out and did $27,000 on the theater, a lot of people would lose their jobs, lose their job, careers, and everything sure. else. So right. I wish, uh, again, I wish uh, HBO Max would have released the Entourage movie rather than in theaters. We would well, all HBO be. HBO Max didn't mm, exist. So we'd all be doing better. Can't blame them for that. Doug. Can't blame them. <laughs> but we, we showed up at this party. This is a fun. And by the way, what's crazy, we did that in a day. Did you know that? The that party was, was the, all the one day? It was one day into the night. Are you sure about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It was one day wow, that was into a the lot night. Of stuff. A lot of extras, a lot of that people. That was a tough day. And then, and then it, it also, too, got really cold. So, first of all, Dylan, again, Dylan pretty much steals the uh, show at the party <laughs> where he steps up to the. Uh, Real, thank the, you, bro. He, yeah. he steps up to the bullies when we first get in. Yeah, before. I got your back, you kids. And it gives you a hard time. Yeah. I love that. Like, I don't know. These are big dudes. I'm like, I'm from New York. <laughs> from New York. <laughs> and I love Turner. Like, you know, Dylan, drama's going to get his ass kicked by a 16 year old. <laughs> well, the kid picks him up. He body slay. He does a. He, Let's talk well, about that well, scene. Yeah, we'll get there. But before we get there, I yeah. mean, there was the jump into the pool. Do you remember that? Of course. Everyone in the pool. Everyone in the pool. Everyone in the pool. For some reason, Julian made me do that like 12 times. If you look at it, I, I mean, I'm really doing a Superman I dive. Mean, you dive I'm vertical. That. You belly flop. I'm belly flop and just run at a running start. And I, I don't know why he had me do it so many times, and, but and I love that too, bit right also there. Also, too, people don't realize, I mean, obviously it's common sense, but you go into the pool, cut, New outfit. Yeah. Gotta it's fit, a, redo so your hair. It's a major, it's just, major, yeah. major, major reason. Meanwhile, the first one looked great. I'm looking at it on the monitor. Sometimes directors will do that over and over again. For just Dylan, to make Dylan sure hates directors. But since you brought no, up no, no, since no, you brought no. up Connolly's good. Just a uh, fan question. KB seventy nine twenty three wanted to know. Everybody loves the sit down line. Do you remember how many takes there were of that? Do you remember? 
Not many. Yeah, I thought not many. I think maybe three. Yeah, we were we were we were smooth in that movie theater. Yeah, yeah. I I thought maybe about about three. First of all, it was very easy. I mean, it had some intensity to it, but uh, the more straight you play it, I mean, I didn't have. And if there were multiple takes, it's probably because Connolly blew one of them. Well, he's usually good for a couple lone (laughs) takes. Uh, You know that particular scene everybody's sitting down yeah right so once yeah. everybody's there i mean we can all but do we can pretty much do it as a series right yeah, yeah. but when you get to a, the party scene in the valley and and you have background moving and this one's jumping well the pool, we're still a lot shooting of film parts. too so we're not shooting digital yet at this totally. stage when totally. you with digital you just do it over you can and just over do it over, over but there's a lot of moving parts extras yeah. background crossing all this kind of stuff when you're actually sitting down in the movie theater it was kind of easy to move through those scenes yeah, yeah. we yeah. get to the house party and but, but just different. just in the theater for a second canon last wanted to know the difficulties of shooting in that theater in the middle of the day and it was actually that simple because we owned the easy. theater and you're seat and you're seated yeah right? so once everybody gets in their seat you just shoot really yeah. Yeah. it's more of a lighting thing although you know, getting out of the theater was tricky with all those fans, and they were rushing us, and that's why it looked so great. It looked like the Beatles running out right. of there. And so then we, we, we're back to that party where E has now gotten this news and has to tell Vince, who's, you know, gone from I don't give a shit what happens to, oh, my God, we can beat Spider-Man, to now E telling him that it's a disaster. And it was like a vintage uh Vince and E scene where they're kind of staring out at the party, like, all right, well, let's let's get hammered, right? Yeah. Like we just started drinking it, except that it's it is what it's going to be, and uh, let's go. And, let's and go what I love about that. it is, it is all the themes of the show that these guys will stick together through thick and thin, and if they have to go back to Queens, they have to, but they're going to go, let's enjoy it. This is what we were doing five years ago. Like, mm-hmm. this right. is like, yeah. let's have a good time. So yeah. uh, I loved it. And then we get to Ari. A lot of people love that line of, you know, life scoreboard or whatever it is, where his wife is trying to convince him that all will be fine because there's some computer glitch. And he's explaining, which... We all know there's no excuses. Your movie makes money or it doesn't make money, and nobody wants to hear anything else about it. And then she wants to have sex with Ari, which she's just not willing to do at this point, which is so freaking <laughs> funny. And he's off to the valley to meet you guys. And now we get to the scene where you're fighting with a 16-year-old kid. So tell us about that scene, KD. Oh, man, it was just I, I kind of did like a Three Stooges. I don't know if you remember. The, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah, you did. And it was... uh he was a big kid. Yeah. You know? was, he was a big 225 kid. 225 pounds or something. And a sweet kid, too. Yeah, he and was, he was great. And, and at that point, the show was, you know, pretty well established. Like, he was he was happy to be there. It, yeah. He was, he was the, great. We got to know him. He, and was he, happy was, to yeah. do, he was happy to be doing a scene, never mind getting the body slam Johnny Drama. Yeah. That's an added, added extra bonus. Once again, the Julian had me get body slammed more times than I think I needed <laughs> to be body slammed. That the you first know, body slam was good? Another angry director trying to take it out on a <laughs> Poor actor. So you've done your belly flop. I did the belly flop. Oh, the belly flop was are killing that. me because right. of the the water, the, the, the chlorine impacting the chlorine on my eyes. Just, uh, I mean, I, look again at that that dive into the pool. I mean, it was uh, some of. I mean, you catch uh, air. I mean, I got I got six feet in the air. You really vertical. Were. It, uh, honestly, I almost wonder: was there a little? Did you have a little uh, trampoline? No, man. It's sure? called strong legs. It's called calf muscles, something you know nothing about. We got to get Connolly some implants. <laughs> By the way, laughed out loud at your jump. It made me laugh out loud. And yeah. and then Sarah, who I watched it with last night, you know, it just, it's so drama to go in with all in. And I, yeah. I'm not sure why we did it so many times because I don't remember that. But yeah. before we go past the scene, we got a question about the same thing, which how many times did Piven 
have to get thrown into the pool. Oh, too many David. times as well. Well, and also, too. He was in and and probably thing, seven times. The same thing with Piven. But here's the other thing, too. In defense of Jeremy, now it's night. Cold. Yeah. The water is cold. And it's just, it, it's if it's good on the first one, but we did it like three or four times. Now, between every take, More. it's a half an hour, 20 minutes to get him ready to get thrown in, to get thrown in the pool. You know, yeah. so. and and what I wish Julian was here. We could ask him. I mean, what like he got thrown in the pool? I mean, either you got it or you uh, don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I can remember some... Jeremy. I think Kev, you kind of were rolling your eyes, but at a certain point, Jeremy was like, Jeremy got pissed. No, Jeremy, no, I was with him. Hundred oh, percent. I, I was, was like, I agree with you. I agree. With he them. made me jump in the pool too many times. I almost got killed at one stage. He had another. Almost got killed. An extra. Well, there was other run people in, jumping and in. we almost collided Ooh. at top speed. By the way, that I would mean, have been was, a, that would yeah. have been a classic time for Colin to call me and tell me the world is yeah, over. Right. No, no, I, I, I felt like you know one time would have been enough on any of these. Yeah, to, to go over you know five is ridiculous. I think I was pissed at you that day. I think I told Julian make him fucking keep hey, going. You know what? Look. You do one, and then you get one safety, and yeah, then you yeah. gotta move. Yeah, then you, you gotta, gotta move, move, especially with a day like that. David yeah. Fincher does a hundred takes on his movies, just so you know. We, but it then, gave it gave Adrian <laughs> enough time to catch a good buzz to do that great scene on top of the roof. I mean, roof. the roof scene. He had a little buzz up there. Yeah, yeah he, he did. Have he a was buzz. really. I, mean, I, I was worried. I, I mean, I think I, I was listen, worried about him up there. I, I Connelly's was, nervous to talk I, about. Well, this. I mean, I, he was on the roof, right? He was on the roof, and he, he was buzzed, and he had a couple bevies. We had couple, a couple bevies. What we call <laughs> grippuccinos. By the way, I don't know if the audience can tell. I don't know if the audience can tell. Like the St. Patty's episode that we did, they're on their second white claws. Collie maybe on three, and they're no, starting no, to slur a little bit. Just so we're clear. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, Kurrigan, our our master editor, he. Can hear it. The that words are. I'm drinking coffee, bro. That's an absolute <laughs> lie. So, but anyway, the scene on the roof. Adrian's great in it. The guys are all just thinking life is over. Ari shows up. The hanging Chad line, which I don't know, even know if the audience now knows what that is. It was really <laughs> funny then because it was it was the election of yeah. of of Gore uh, Bush, right? Gore Bush with yeah. the hanging Chad was yeah. votes that were not all the way punched didn't count. So they were called hanging. And I chairs. love when Ari's just like, or Piven delivers that of, uh, you know, where the fuck am I? You know, and we do. The Valley, by the way, like the pizza scene in L.A., like the bagel scene in L.A., it's come a long way. The Valley has got a lot of great stuff. Oh, in so it now, now you like the Valley? I, I like the Valley. I, I mean, like the Valley. Too. I don't want to the live valley. there, but I like the Valley. Ventura Boulevard is one of the great strips of in, in America. There's great stuff there. I but eat there all the to time. Doug, to Doug's point, the Valley, Ventura Boulevard, now, as opposed to 10 years ago, is night and day. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of restaurants, bars, whatever. Yep. Yeah. It's so, just hot. Was this the great fucking night? No, you no. go. Uh, no, no, you oh, go. no, no, I go. The Valley's not so bad. Valley's not so bad. That's right. Yeah, you kill it again with a great line at the end, and then I love. It's a great button. Dylan's love, a great button on an episode. He, he, sums it, he sums up the episode <laughs> like, after all that. Valley's not so Yeah, I, after all, I complained and right. the heat. I got beat up by a 16-year-old. <laughs> and I love we got Rare Earth, which we should end this episode with playing, which is my call, not you, Venner. Just accept that. So I really <laughs> love the idea of it. And they started using it in a lot of commercials. I'm not saying because of the show. That sounds like that's what you're saying. I'm not. But it's just like. <laughs> feels like you're taking credit for that. Even when I watched it last night, it gets me so pumped up. And I'm like, I fucking love these guys. And I'm glad they had the success they had. And now that I'm 53, I go, 
Maybe I'm never going to experience that in real life, but it felt really good to watch it. And I, I just, I do. I love this episode. I, yeah. You know, one. I feel like we always, when we watch uh, these episodes and we cover these episodes, we're like, that's, you know, this is top. I know. There's whatever, so many good ones. Like, honestly, there's so many good ones. As far removed as we are from shooting that episode, it's fucking awesome, bro. The yeah, episode it, is maybe fucking... the Mount, maybe Mount Rushmore I, I, I mean, episode. It's, it's got to be in the conversation. It's, it's top I think, 10 for sure. I think the fans would agree. It's just, it just hits on all points. And also, too, remember, that's really the springboard, right? So, episode two, One Day in the Valley, ends with Vince, Vince being is, the biggest movie star yeah, in the world, yeah, right? So, what, what better ending? to it than that and, and, and it a, all happened in the vet anyway a side note joe kernan cnbc came on cnbc at the height of wall street mania and everyone who was in wall street watched that guy every morning he got on and said uh number one box office movie in the world is aquaman beating spider-man now people thought there was something wrong with him they thought he was a moron but he was a fan of the show, yeah, and he did that. But lots of articles came out that like, does Joe Kernan not know that Joe that Kernan is going senile? Yeah, <laughs> Joe Kernan knew it. He might be going senile nowadays, but he knew it back then. Let me ask you this: like when you watch that, was it obvious that he was kidding? Well, I know the guy, so I knew, but no, yeah. he did it straight. He, he played it straight. He played it. Straight. He played it straight. Yeah. It was and awesome. Just thought like like if you get it, you yeah. get it. If you don't, you don't. I think he thought everyone got it, and I think it. most people got it. But yeah. stupid people wrote articles that he didn't know what was going on. But it was it was it was an awesome moment, and it was one of those things that kind of comes back and works with the show. We get them all the time. Someone sent me a tennis match yesterday where the guy talk. I'm going to post this. Talks about Johnny Drama's calves. They I forgot who they're talking about. They're like one of the players. He's like he doesn't have those Johnny Draft calves. He's got to get an implant. So Dylan, also too. I don't know if you've seen, but like in like some of the hockey teams, or you know when they're walking down the tunnel after after a win and they're going back into the locker room, they're screaming. Vic, they're doing the Johnny Drama. Video. Are they really? They're nice. not just saying. Victory. They're doing victory. Uh, I I love when you see it on the jumbo screen. Jumbotron. I love that. Well, that's what I'll say to all the fans who are listening out there. Follow the podcast page. Get ready for Ficto videos and send us your own. A lot of people are sending us there where they yell victory and it's awesome. I love it in all sorts of cool spaces around the world. So send us those. And that wraps up another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. And I'm Kevin Connolly. Victory! Victory!